Hey, this is Ryan Tucker, and welcome to the weekly podcast, The Unchangeable Truth. We just sit down with Pastor Stephen as he discusses his sermons from Highland Park Baptist Church, and we are honored and thankful that you've decided to listen. And we ask you to go ahead and, and click that subscribe button, click that like or the follow button. And then again, we are honored and thankful that you've decided to listen. So keep listening as Pastor Stephen discusses his weekly sermon. Well, welcome back to the weekly podcast, The Unchangeable Truth with Pastor Stephen. And this week we're looking at Romans chapter 10, verses 1 through 9, and it's titled Religious and Lost. And uh, Pastor Stephen, you, man, you just kind of, man, you, you started out with your point number one, saying that religion cannot save you. And you talk about a couple of different things. You talk about universalism, and then you talk about uh, people being unconcerned. Can you, can you define or talk about or maybe go a little bit in depth about what that that word universalism is compared to or in this point of talking about religion cannot save you yeah well i mean universalism is doesn't matter what you believe as long as you believe it and you're sincere about that and it's uh it universalism goes hand in hand with the uh, redefinition of tolerance that has happened over the last several Mm, years yeah tolerance used to mean this you have the right to believe whatever you want to believe and i have the right to believe whatever i want to believe and if i love you and i believe what you believe is wrong then i'm going to tell you what i believe or what you believe is wrong tolerance has since been redefined as this you have the right to believe anything you want to believe i have the right to believe anything i want to believe and what i believe is right for me and what you believe is right for you and it is intolerant of me to tell you that what you believe is wrong and so universalism basically says this that basically all pathways lead to the very same place as long as you are sincere in whatever your belief is then you're okay that uh, God God just can let everybody come to heaven. Matter of fact, even if you're sincere in your unbelief, you're okay. Everybody in the end is going to be saved and come in come into heaven. And so you you universalism is a uh, it has become the drug for the masses today when you couple that again in the framework of tolerance. And so um, you see that uh, throughout everything. The, the, uh, the by statements to it are God is love. Yeah. Love wins. Love wins. There you go. Um, I think there was a book written a while back, Love Wins. Is that a Rob Bell deal? It is. Rob Bell, Love yes, Wins. He has since, he, is he, he since like uh, committed apostasy. Is he recanted of all of his faith and I, stuff? Or? I don't know. Maybe I not. I can't answer that Maybe correctly. Not. Basically, Basically, universalism, though, is not going to, it's not going to center around Jesus. It's not going to talk about forgiveness of sins. It's not going to talk about judgment for sin. It's not going to talk about blood atonement. It's not going to, you know, forget about hell. And there's nobody going to hell, you know. Um, no, man, everybody's good. Everybody's good. God's, God's salvation is universal. Now, I will say this. It is universal in the fact that I believe it's available to all. But it is not universal in the fact that it automatically happens to all. Um, it is through faith and faith alone in the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, you even take the words of Jesus Christ himself. He would even say, okay, you can't put me in that universalism sphere. Per his own words, he is disqualified. 
he is disqualified. Jesus Christ, the most loving individual to ever walk the earth, and yet in today's in today's definition would be considered extremely intolerant. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so, uh, yeah, universalism. And then, and then, you know, you ask about the whole um, unconcern. Well, and I just thought it was a a, a great point, um, you know, because I mean, being unconcerned is n- not a religion, but um, man, there's I think there's a lot of people in the church who have an unconcerned thought about maybe growing spiritually, have unconcerned thoughts about sharing the gospel. So I, I just think it, th- that resonated. Like it, it was a, a, a powerful point to me. And so, well, apathy. Yeah. Apathy. I mean, if we really genuinely believe mm. that people are going to die and go to hell, and we're not talking about for a day, for a week, we're talking about forever. They are eternally separated from God with no hopes of that situation changing once they're dead. If we really believe that, then why aren't we doing something about it? Why aren't we sharing our faith? I think the statement that I made is the reality is most of us, while we would say, no, I'm not a universalist, I don't believe that everybody right. is automatically saved and going to heaven, we sure do live like it. Right, right. We sure do live like it. Um, and uh, here's Paul, and this is the very guy who just uh, you know a few verses before says, I'd trade my salvation if it meant these people that I know could be saved. Yeah. And as I've said, he knew that was not an option, but he's so caught up in his passion of wanting to see them get saved. And now he says, okay, my heart's desire, my, my, my prayer to God for Israel is that they would be saved. Yeah. Now stop and think, stop and think. I'm thinking Paul probably had other things like, okay, uh, my prayer and my concern to God is they'll quit stoning me when I go into towns. <laughs> right. Right. Um, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, that they'll 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 quit. Uh, you know, I'll quit being shipwrecked. <laughs> right. That uh, maybe how about this? Maybe I'd get out of these chains. Yeah. Out of prison. Yeah. I'm thinking yeah. if I'm writing his prayer list, the, the whole <laughs> hey yeah these Jews that yeah. that rejected Christ. Maybe they'd be a little bit further down. Yeah. And he's like, man, that's my number one my number one prayer. Man, it's, it's a burden. It's heavy on me. And so we hold that scripture up to us like a mirror. It, You know, my prayer is, God, I want that same kind of burden. God, please, yeah. you know, I, may I not be able to rest? May I, uh, may I not get peace? Until, until everyone in my life comes to know Christ. And then the reality is I should sit there and say, okay, now that everybody in my, cry, in my life has come to know Christ, let me expand my sphere. God, yeah. give me more influence. Bring more people in my life that need to hear Christ. Yeah. Um, I just think it's easy for us to get settled because we sit there. And I, I can remember I can remember when our youngest child, when he, he, he gave his life to Christ, and um, Jennifer and I had the opportunity to lead our girls to Christ. And then lo and behold, they lead their brother to Christ in, in our driveway and kind of ticked me off. And, you know, how dare you lead yeah. your brother to Christ? That's yeah. our job. But anyway, so um, I can remember when he was saved and just thinking, all right, everybody under my roof's been saved. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of that that spills over to the church. Well, hey, at least everybody in my family's saved. Yeah. I'm not going to spend eternity separated from them. 
um, I would say we should approach everyone as though there were, they were your child who wasn't saved. Mm. God, let me be that broken and burdened over it. I don't want a heart of, un, of unconcern. Well, how do I change that? How, how do I now have a heart of concern when it comes to the lost? I've got to be intentional. It's got to be ever before me, right? Um, and I'm going to write some names down. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to put it, you know, what, what do you stare at the most? Is it the uh, speedometer of your car? You're going to put right. it right there. Uh, I'll speak for those of us in this room. I'm going to put it on the refrigerator door, right? right. <laughs> right. Uh, we're going to be, we're going to be, we're going to be going there. Yeah. You know, those names right there, man, yeah. always before me when I see it, man, these people are lost. Their salvation is dependent upon my prayer. Well, and you challenge the church. Like, I think you did that. Maybe you, you called it some homework, you know, um, but you challenged the church to have have that list and make make it a priority to uh, write down some people that you're that we're praying for and people that we want to be able to share the gospel with. So I, I thought it was a great challenge. And that's that's kind of moving into your second point where, um, you know, along with this unconcerned thought, that you know, religion cannot give you righteousness. And as you were talking about all of this, and you've got some, you know, several points under that. But as you were talking about this, you know, I I was kind of thinking of my own life, growing up, grew up in the church. You know, dad's a pastor, and man, I played a really good game of church. Like I knew what to wear, I knew where to sit, I knew the songs, I knew the when to pray, I knew the Bible stories, and it was just me trying to follow some of these rules. Um, I was very religious. I wasn't a bad kid. I wasn't a rebel. I didn't get in trouble. I didn't use bad language. I was a really good kid growing up. I didn't start rebelling until I became a minister. Anyway, I'm just kidding. But like, I mean, I was a good, I was a good kid, and um, in my twenties, you know, just my heart which changed literally overnight um, and, you know, surrendered my life to Jesus, realizing that, man, I, all, all I did was try to try to be righteous through the religion. And so when you said this, that religion can't give you righteousness, um, I just, it, it, again, it kind of brought me back to me growing up. And I think there's a lot of people like that. You know, they think that because they go to church and they sit in the chair they come yeah, a couple you times. Say pew, didn't you? I didn't. You I almost say said pew. pew. We, don't, we don't have a pew. We don't have pews place. here. That's right. Yeah. You know? Sorry. Um, we we sing the songs. We may even you know raise our hand at you know a certain point in the song, but you know that that religion doesn't give us righteousness. Yeah, and religion within it of itself is not is not is not necessarily wrong. The problem is most right. of the time. Most of the time, we're putting our faith in religion, yeah. and religion is not something that is leading us uh, to a relationship with Christ. Religion is do all this stuff, and you'll be right with God. Um, and so, uh, all the things that you mentioned are, 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 are great things, whether you're sitting in a chair or a pew. <laughs> right. um, you know, those are good things, but those are not; those are terrible things to put your hope for yeah. eternal life in. And, um, you know, it's amazing when it comes to works, we, we believe that works have the ability to deliver what they don't have the ability to deliver. And it is literal hell on earth for you sitting there believing that I, you know, if I live a certain way, then it's going to cause me to, 
um, uh, receive a paycheck, if you will, for my good deeds. And the deal is the moment that I don't have a good deed, I have forfeited uh, what, uh, what kind of favor I may have because of my good deeds. And it's this vicious cycle. Yeah. And uh, it doesn't draw you closer to God. If anything, it pushes you further away from him to where you believe there's no way that I can be changed. There's no way that I can, um, that I can be worthy of eternal life. And, uh, yeah, you're not worthy. The change comes through, like you said, that relationship with Jesus, but it's still crazy. There are folks that will, they want to have this pseudo, what I call the pseudo gospel. Mm. They want to say, yeah, 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 yeah. Salvation is by faith and faith alone in Jesus. Plus, yeah. Now, hang on. Right, right. Whoa, whoa, hang on. Yeah, yeah. Now, there's no plus. Yeah. Period. It's salvation. It's through faith and faith alone in Jesus, period. But, well, well yeah, but it depends on me some. Uh, well, you know, well, I got to live a certain way. Now, I'd be the first to tell you, if you're in Christ, the way you live is going to change. You're not perfection, as you said. Um, but behavior, you know, my want to has changed. I want to, I want to please Christ. I want to serve Christ. The Holy Spirit inside of me does, you know, kind of, kind of wells up over and over and over again. This is who you are. This is who you are. Some people get it like flipping a switch. Yeah. Other people, it yeah. is this sanctification slow process. <laughs> right, right. Um, and the, but to sit there and think, okay, uh, salvation is through faith in Jesus. And then I'm going to add some more to that. Here's what you've just done. You have just, um, um, well, for lack of a better word, you have just prostitutionalized the gospel. Yeah. And you have, you have, you've stripped it of everything. You've yeah. robbed God of glory, uh, through all of that. Yeah. Well, and you know, I was, I was thinking about this, like, and I've, and I've talked with some young adults who have grown up in different uh, denominations and they they have told me that they've had to retrain their mind because they were taught that you had to do certain things in order to maintain your salvation like it was it was jesus and doing these other things these other things were a requirement of salvation and not just in jesus alone and i'm like well let me let me free you from that thought and showing them scripture that says you know jesus is the only way and you even say it like it, it's finished in jesus like he is the end and you know but yet so many times we're trying to and just like you said, it's like, it's God and, or Jesus and it's, it's giving my life to Jesus, but I also have to do all these other things as a requirement. And, but at the end of the day, it's, it's what Jesus has done for us. It is finished in him. Absolutely. Finished period. He even talks about it in here. Right. You know, Christ is the, Jesus is the end of the, the law. Um, and I think, I think the problem is, uh, folks that believe their salvation rests upon their own merit. Yeah. Uh, well, what a miserable way to live. And in the end, it's going to lead to destruction. Um, and so, yeah, it's it rests nothing on me. It all rests on, on Christ. If we could do it, any part of it, there would have been no need for Christ to go to the cross and, and die. 
And so it kind of kind of leads us into what he what he says there in verse four, where again Christ is the end of the law. God gives righteousness through faith in in Christ. And so um, you know, I even made the comment. I, I really wish some folks would would read verse four uh, and understand that it is not by your own works of righteousness. It, it is through yeah. it is through Christ. It is through uh, uh, through the uh, the grace that he that he gives to those who believe, um, and so uh, it's all boiled down to Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I even I even said the sequel to the law is great. It's called Grace. It's called Grace. It's all about grace. It's amazing, folks, who think that grace when they, you know, I, I know folks that believe that salvation is based upon faith in Jesus plus behavior modification, mm. and so the word grace to them is a it's a bad word. They think that the word grace means oh, so you're saying somebody can just do whatever they want to, they can live wherever they want to live, and they're going to go to heaven. Well, no, that would be universalism. Right. No, that's not true. That's not true. It just means this: that the um, the weight of your salvation is not resting upon your deeds. It is resting upon the deed that has already been done, which is the death of Christ on the cross and the resurrection from the grave. And so the uh, um, it's 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 a terrible terrible thing that so many I don't know what it is. Well, I guess it's the pride thing, right? Yeah. Oh, it's got to depend on me. It's got to depend on me. It's got to depend on me. No, it can't. It can't. Uh, it will fail every time. So how do we get people out of that mindset? Because and 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 you mentioned it kind of in this unconcern thought in point number one it's like maybe it's not a a, a conscious thing that we're doing maybe it's kind of like it, it's just it's ingrained in us that we that we have to be good enough or we have to and I, and, and yes you know jesus is going to cause us to live a life that is pursuing righteousness but it's not just pursuing righteousness that we get Jesus. So, how, how how do how do we change that? Help people change that mindset in the church that are just sitting here going, "Well, I've messed up so many times, or I'm just not good enough." How how do how do we change their mindset on that? Well, I think Scripture tells us that uh, the mind is transformed, or yeah. it's renewed right through through the Scripture. Um, and I think it's just replacing that with the truth of scripture what scripture says about the gospel um i think as well you know um reminding yourself over and over and over again again not a license to live any way you want to right i, I think we've already covered that in great detail over previous weeks right if there's something about me that uh causes me to uh you know, hey, I want to live any way I want to, then I would say the Holy Spirit does not reside inside of you. But but let's just say somebody says, well, you know, I, I grew up and I was raised to believe that you can lose your salvation, that there's something that you can do that would merit or would forfeit your salvation, some deed that would take place. So as a result of that, um, I believe that the way I live my life is tied to whether I'm in Christ or not. Um how do I get out of that mindset, man? I'm gonna I'm gonna dig in. I'm gonna whew, Ephesians. Yeah. My goodness, the whole book of Ephesians. Yeah. You could you could title the book <laughs> Ephesians could be named Grace Robbers. Hmm. 
because that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to rob Jesus of grace. That's what he's addressing there. Uh, people who um, want to, okay, what is it that makes us right with God? Ah, circumcision, right? Circumcision. Okay, so we're going to trust in Jesus. And then, by the way, we're going to get circumcised too. That'll be right. Make us right with God. We'll follow the whole Abrahamic thing as well as the whole Jesus thing. And Paul's saying, no, 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 you don't understand. It's Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Yeah. It's Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. My goodness, if we would be more passionate about faith in Christ as we are about our own, uh, you know, the own merit of ourselves when it comes to our eternal future, my goodness, we would have no difficulty with grace. But I think, again, Ryan, I've got to dig into Scripture. Yeah. I've got to replace those thoughts with Scripture. Um, you know, I'm going to study it. I'm going to read it out loud. There, there. If you if you will sit there and put your Jesus glasses on, as we say, and you walk all the way through Scripture, the, you know, the gospel and grace is going to pour out on you, and it's going to give you a clear understanding of what that is. Um, but, again, it really boils down to faith. Yeah. By faith, can I believe that he is strong enough to save me of my sin, that he is he's faithful enough to keep that which I've committed to him, right, until the right. very day that I leave this earth? By faith, can I really believe that? Well, that leads us to our third point, and it is uh, religion cannot give you true saving faith. So I'll say it again. Religion cannot give you true saving faith. So, and you have, you have three sub points under that. And, uh, so I'll let you, I'll let you kind of hit those things because again, just filled with information on exactly what it takes and who Jesus is. So, uh, I'll let you go. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Cause you want me to get on my soapbox. um, (laughs) I have no idea. With with this first one, you know, the word of faith movement that we see so prevalent, today that makes me want to throw up um again it is uh it's pimping out the gospel and just let the record show i've used the word prostitutionalism (laughs) and pimping uh in the same podcast right um the but but basically that's what it is yeah and, and it's pulled from romans 10 8 completely completely out of context I mean, he is sitting here and he is talking about he's talking about his brothers and sisters that he wished they could get saved. And he's quoting Moses. He's quoting Moses. The word is near you. The word that we preach, he's talking about salvation is near unto you. And they want to sit here and say, ah, yeah, the word of faith. Here's what that means. You just you just you just name it, man. You just name it. You ask yeah. God for your miracle. God's got a miracle that he wants to give you. I agree with that statement. What is that miracle? It's called salvation. Not a greater miracle out there than, hey, you're no longer held hostage and bound to judgment for your sin. You're forgiven. Cleansed. Oh, that is a miracle. That is a miracle. I would submit to you a greater than greater miracle, you know, uh, um, not too long ago, uh, oh, I remember there was a there was a woman that was frying a tortilla like somewhere down in Texas, and as she was frying the tortilla, all of a sudden she looked at it and she's like, "Look, look, that looks like the Virgin Mary. It's the Virgin Mary." 
And so uh, the news came out, and they even did a story. Well, it does look it was just like the Virgin Mary right there, the Virgin Mary. Um, or I think either the Virgin Mary or Roseanne Arnold, one of the two it looked like. And so they uh, they they actually took it. They put it on clouds. Uh, clouds, listen to me. They put it on um, cotton balls. It made it look like it was floating in the clouds, and people came to their house and paid money so that they could see the tortilla that indeed had virgin mary on it and so oh it's a miracle it's a miracle hey friend listen to me the greatest miracle the greatest miracle is that you can call upon the name of jesus believe in your heart that god raised him from the dead and he will forgive you of all your sins and he will you'll have a relationship with the very creator of this universe and you can know where your eternal future is going to be that is the greatest miracle. So whenever you have somebody sits there and says, well, you know what? The reason why you don't have the miraculous happen in your life is because you don't have um, you don't have enough faith. And yet some of the most faithful people I've ever met in my life are folks that, uh, well, they're living on the side of a mountain. They don't know when they wake up in the morning whether they're going to have anything to eat or not. And they wake up and they're, you know, they're just like, man, life is good. God is good. And and we would sit there and say, well, you really don't have faith because you're living in a hut on the side of a mountain. Yeah. And they would say, well, you are bound by the by the desires of stuff. And so so, you know, you have somebody that'll sit there and say, well, you know what? You just got to if you'll name it and you'll claim it, it it'll it'll be yours. You just got to name it and claim it. Yeah. You know, uh, you need a new pickup truck. Name it. Name it. And then sit there and say, in the name of Jesus Christ, I claim it. You know, and they want to take scripture about the law of the harvest and a lot of this stuff that has to do with uh, the Judaism festivals and, you know, uh, ceremonial things. And they want to sit there and say, listen, you need that. And it's all about personal gain. It's all about personal gain. Okay. Instead, how about this? Your sins can be forgiven. How about preach that novel thing called the gospel? Yeah, for sure. Um, I'll be the first to tell you, though, you know, can you claim stuff? Yeah, if God names it. Where's he going to name it? Uh, It's a novel thing called the Bible. Yeah, you read it in there, claim it. Claim it. I was praying with somebody just earlier, and we claim 2 Timothy 1 7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of strength, love, and sound mind. Yeah. You say, Can we claim that? Yeah, he said that. That that is a birthright that belongs to everyone who knows Jesus. Claim it. Um, so, yeah, the whole word of faith movement. Well, you know, really, God is not in your life unless you've had your miracle. Let's quit focusing on that, guys. Instead, let's just sit there and say, I, I, I surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ. Do with me as you see fit. Jesus is wanting to do something much greater in your life than this world can contain. Okay? Yeah, and, and, I, and I think sometimes when that thing happens, the way that my brain thinks, it's like they're they're making Scripture secondary to to what it's, it's truth, right? Like they're, they're making their thoughts and their desires the main thing rather than rather than looking at 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 scripture um the right way and it's causing scripture to be secondary in their life so uh i i i see how in this cycle religion it's just a sometimes it's it's the the thing that we say that we are to make us feel like 
we're in this growing state, right? And you, you even said it. You're like, when people say, well, I'm a religious person. And, you know, well, I, I'm, I go to church. I'm religious. But, you know, understanding that the religion can't give you true saving faith. Um, well, Paul, Paul addresses this whole uh, word of faith movement in verses 6 and, and 7 where he's like, hey, listen, it's not a situation where you have to go into heaven and say, okay, let me see Jesus. Or I'm going to descend into the earth. Let me see Jesus. You know, he's basically saying it's not where you have to sit there and say, do the supernatural here. You know, I need some spooky thing to happen to take place. And, you know, there are folks that they, they do, man, they just kind of get blown to and fro and they'll want to go over here. And, you know, I heard of a church, uh, you know, some of these churches that have what they call laughing revivals and they just laugh, laugh, laugh and just laugh, laugh, laugh. And look, the Holy Spirit's there. They're laughing or, you know, ooh, look, you know, um, uh, uh, gold dust is falling right. from the sky because the angels in heaven are rejoicing. And look at the gold dust coming down. And no, I mean, that's some of the stuff that he's talking about there. And he's like, no, no, don't look for that. Don't pray for that. Don't seek out for that. Instead, the true word of faith. Right. What is the true word of faith? Jesus says, Jesus says the true word. It is the living, living truth. The the uh, the rhema uh, in the original Greek language is what it is. And then your next point under that it's it's not just believing facts about God. Like it's it's more than just the intellectual assent of a knowledge of God. It's it's you know and and it, your point under that one was it's activated by your heart and mouth. So it's a it's a heart thing. It's not just this intellectual assent. It's not just believing facts about. God, because we all know that there's a lot of people who are really smart when it comes to factual things, but it's, what's the old saying that a lot of people miss, they miss it by 18 inches, you know, they miss salvation by 18 inches, because it's a head thing and not a heart thing. Yeah, yeah, because theirs is a head thing, not a heart thing. Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, folks will say, well, you know, hey, I know I'm going to go to heaven when I die because I believe in God awesome that you believe in God but it's a relationship with Jesus it's Jesus yeah who, who well who determined that 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 that'd be God right right and by the way we don't even have to distinguish the two he's God in the flesh what no he's God's son yes <laughs> yeah yeah God in the flesh God's son yes yeah well I can't understand that I'm a part of the same club <laughs> right right yeah but that's what sets him apart. Yeah, for sure. So hey, Jesus said himself, you know, hey, I am that I am. I'm God. I'm God. But anyway, yeah, folks, well, yeah, I think there is a God. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be the equivalent of somebody saying, well, you know, I celebrate Christmas. We had eggs at Easter. I think I'm going to be okay. Well, no. No, again, nothing wrong with those things. But that's not going to save a soul. Right. He tells us very clearly in verse 9. Here's how you are saved. You confess with your mouth. What are you confessing with your mouth? What you're believing in your heart. That what? That, you know, you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. He doesn't say you confess with your mouth Jesus. He doesn't say confess with your mouth Jesus Christ. You confess with your mouth uh, Savior Jesus. Lord. What does Lord mean? He's now boss. Yeah. He's my boss. 
He controls me. I've just surrendered control of my life to the Lord. I confess that with my mouth. I say that with my mouth. When we baptize here, yeah, uh, and you know, when we baptize someone, it, it is those who have said, "Yes, I've surrendered my life to Jesus Christ. I have faith and trust in Him. I know that I belong to Him." So, in the baptismal waters, the question that we will ask here is, "Who is the Lord of your life?" Yeah, and they will say, "Jesus." Now, we've got one one minister that will say, "Is Jesus the Lord of your life?" And they say, "Yes." And I, I need to re, I need to talk to him because I love hearing him say that word, Jesus, Jesus. It's the guy who drives the Jeep. He's a new guy here. Um, and uh, he, uh, he, it's not you. It's the not Jeep. you. Yeah. I drive a Jeep. Yeah. Well, it's, oh, it's there's another, another guy. guy I got you. I'm smelling what you're stepping in. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Great guy. Great guy. Uh, but anyway, I love to hear him say the yeah. word Jesus. So it really, it, now, now we're talking semantics. Whether he says, <laughs> is Jesus the Lord of your life right. or who is the Lord of your life? That's basically what he's saying. So what? You confess with your mouth with you confess the Lord Jesus, and then you believe in your heart. Yeah, and we'll talk about this on Sunday. So we're kind of getting getting a little the the cart before the horse, but that God raised him from the dead. Yeah, notice he didn't say uh, that. And you believe in your heart that Jesus turned water into wine. Yeah, you believe in your heart that uh, Jesus died on the cross. You believe in your heart that God created the earth and six days rested on the seventh. Right. He didn't say that. Why? What What sets him apart? He died and he rose. Yeah. That's 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 it. Well, and you you even close this out just again with this this statement that that salvation is near. Like you can and, and that's one of the things I love about this church and love about the leadership here is no matter whatever the setting, like there is always gonna be this point to Jesus, this advancement of the gospel to where we're telling people about who Jesus is, giving them this opportunity. And you say it, you know, you say salvation is near. It can happen today. It can happen right now because of what Jesus has done. And then you kind of, you made this statement, closing it out, that you just said, don't substitute religion for relationship. Don't substitute religion for relationship. Yeah, yeah, and use the illustration of substituting brushing your hair for breathing, <laughs> um, and everybody f- found that to be a humorous comment that was never meant to be humorous, um, and uh, it could be because I'm follically challenged. Me too. Uh, I understood it. I didn't laugh. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I could have said a comb. It really wouldn't have mattered. <laughs> um, I do. I do own a brush, and every now and then I'll pull my wife's hair out of it where she's used it. <laughs> Uh, but the, yeah, yeah, absolutely. When you, when you sit there and you're like, oh yeah, I'm going to be religious. It's going to make me right with God. (laughs) No, no, it, it can't. It can't. Again, what is religion? Religion is man's attempt to work his way to God. What is, what is salvation? It is, it is a relationship with Jesus Christ. It, it, is, it is God saying, the gospel is this, God saying, since man can't work his way to me, since man can't live a certain way to bridge the separation that sin has brought between he and I, I'll make a way. I'll send Jesus. Yeah. I'm going to make that bridge. And if he has a relationship with me, then, or if he has a relationship with Jesus, then he'll, he'll be uh, reconciled unto me. So, um, yeah, again, religion, not bad. Religion just makes uh, a terrible salvation message. 
Yeah. It's kind of like kind of like what we talk about gods in hobbies and sports and all those kinds of things. And, you know, I, I, I love sports and baseball and football and all that kind of stuff. And they make great hobbies. Golf, I, I, you know, a lot of guys, I know you like to play golf. You I like do. to swing the old sticks every now and then. And uh, golf is a great hobby. makes a terrible god. True. Fishing, same way. You know, grandkids. Oh, grandkids are wonderful. I don't have any. Um, and not looking to get any anytime soon. Uh, you know, my, my, my girls, anyway, uh, neither one of them are married. But anyway, so grandkids are great. They just make terrible God. Well, and the again, we, we touched on this earlier, and we'll close with this. So, you know, you challenged us with this most wanted list. Um, you know, finding people, thinking about people, praying about people that we can intentionally have a gospel conversation with. So if you are listening and you are a part of our church, no matter what church you're a part of, like make a list of people that you can pray for and share the gospel with in the hopes, in the attempt to advance the kingdom, making much of Jesus, making much of the gospel in the everyday life that we live. And uh, yeah, because it's not religion can't be a substitute for relationship. So, Pastor Stephen, thank you for your time. Thank you for always leading us to Jesus and pointing to the cross and uh, preaching in an unapologetic way. So we thank you so much. Thank you for your time. If you are listening, we will see you next week. And thank you for listening as always. Thank you. Hey, guys, this is Stephen Kyle, and I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today, Unchangeable Truth. This is a ministry of Highland Park Baptist Church in Panama City, Florida, and we would love for you to visit us if you ever find yourself in the Panama City area. Our address is 2611 Highway 231 North. You can also learn more about our church and its ministry by going to our website, www.highland, and it's H-I-L-A-N-D, park.org. There you'll learn more about what we believe, what we teach, about the gospel of Jesus Christ. There'll also be a sermon archive there so you can go and listen to various sermons over the last several years. As always, we would love to talk to you about your relationship with Jesus Christ. So feel free, shoot us an email, info at highlandpark.org. If you'd like to learn more about Jesus and what it means to follow Him, our prayers are that you would draw near to Christ, that this podcast would be used to point you to Jesus and to help your faith grow and your walk increase. God bless you guys. Thank you for listening.